Hello and welcome to the Franchise Marketing Show. Today we are talking about personal branding. How's your personal branding, Adam? <laughs> uh, on point. <laughs> you've, t- you've, t- you've put a lot of thought into it, I can tell. No. Um, it's, a re- it's a topic that really interests me, though, and um, I wouldn't for one minute claim to have built a personal brand, but I think it's something that every business owner, and maybe even wider than that, everyone working in businesses today should be thinking about. Um, I think we've kind of, social media has moved us to this point where personal brands are as big very often as the company brands. And I think now we're in a more kind of social age where people can see so much more about us and and get more of an insight into a business. People do business with people, don't they? So I think they can relate to personal brands sometimes more than company brands. So I think it's really important. Yeah, you're seeing more than ever now that people aren't connecting just to the business, but they're connecting to like key people within those businesses as well. And those key people are creating bits of interesting content and interacting with people like they wouldn't be doing like five, ten years ago. Yeah. It's really interesting. And I just think from my own personal experience within Coconut, we've obviously put a lot of content out over the years and a lot of that may be me on video. Uh, I wouldn't say this has been a kind of, we did it by on purpose really. It wasn't, I wouldn't say it's a strategy to, to build myself as a personal brand. Um, and I'm not saying I have done that necessarily, but because I'm the person putting the content out, a lot of the inquiries we get through coconut come directly to me through LinkedIn rather than through coconut as a business, if that makes sense. And I think that happens a lot in businesses where someone is out there releasing content, building a personal brand. And I, I think that I think that shows how important it is. Yeah, it's it's interesting. Like when you see someone like yourself that's like the face of the company, if anything was to happen to you, like if you were hit by a bus on the way to work, <laughs> God <know>. forbid <laughs> <laughs> then like what would happen? Like suddenly the face of the whole business has disappeared. Paul Clegg would have to get his whiteboard out. <laughs> No, I, I, I think, yeah, I, there's massive, massive advantages in it. And in some, you're right, though, but in some big businesses, the, the personal brand's so strong, you wonder what the business would do without that person, yeah. really. Um, but I think it's really interesting talking about personal branding in franchising because it's re- we got an amazing interview coming up with Hannah Power, and, and she said something within the interview which really struck a chord with me, that she couldn't think of anyone in franchising as a kind of personal brand. She couldn't name someone in UK franchising. Mm. And that's really interesting, isn't it? Because we're in a massive sector and no one's really built a personal brand or become, I suppose, an influencer within the franchise sector enough that people outside of franchising would know about them. And that's yeah. the opportunity of personal branding, isn't it? You, people can build themselves into that kind of position, but no one's done it. And it strikes me that it's an, an amazing opportunity for people to do in franchising. Yeah, because I think that's one of the problems that franchising, particularly in the UK, has is that no one outside of franchising really knows it ex- exists. And like, I think we're trying to create content that can break out of that a little bit. We tried that with a mob show as well, like to try and get people to to find out about it. Hopefully, with this show as well, we can start doing that. And it wasn't until I started working within the franchise sector that you sort of realised that. The, the reason a lot of people buy into franchising is because of one particular person, whether it's the franchisor or like somebody that they've spoken to. And I found that when I'm interviewing franchisees, a lot of them give the same reason every time of why they joined. And a lot of it's because of one person and one conversation with one or, or many conversations with one person. I think that's really interesting. Yeah, 100% people buying a franchise is such a massive decision, isn't it? And people buy from people and that trust in the, the franchisor 
is right up there as one of the main reasons people invest in a franchise. However, there are not many franchise opportunities where the franchisor is the front-facing element of the marketing. It's normally the brand, and maybe they're not introduced to the franchisor until a bit later down the process. But it does feel like we're in a world now that the franchisor should be the kind of front-facing element of that within the marketing. Yeah. Um, but I, I can't think of many examples of that. No, not off the top of my head, but like... I've seen it like when I've interviewed people it probably, yeah, as you said it does come a little bit further down the line so after they've done their research or they've spoken to other franchisees the thing that really gets them and, and the, the reason why they make the decision in the end is because of they talk to that person so if you bring that person forward maybe it would change the process a little bit absolutely and and I also have never met a franchisor that doesn't have an incredible story I think this is the other part of it and to build a personal brand you need to be adding value. You need to be delivering good content. You need to be delivering content that your audience kind of represents, etc. And every franchisor has got an amazing story because they, they've started a business which they were passionate about. So they're passionate about what the business offering is. Then on top of that, they then franchise their business. So they're clearly passionate about helping other people achieve the dream that they've achieved by starting the business. So every franchisor's story is amazing. Um, and we know that by talking to franchisors. We know the stories of enfranchising. And I think if every franchisor built the personal, their own personal brands and got that content out there, it would collectively help franchising. Yeah. So it's a really interesting topic. It's weird when you say that because then suddenly I start thinking, oh, yeah, that person, that person. <laughs> yeah, that person. yeah, and there <laughs> are amazing really stories. There really yeah. are. But yeah, anyway, we have an amazing interview with Hannah Power, who is a personal brand coach. Um, there's so much amazing content in this interview. So we really hope you enjoy it. Hannah, thank you so much for joining me today to talk about everything personal branding. I don't know if you want to introduce yourself to the audience first. Sure. Thank you so much for having me. So, yeah, my name is Hannah Power, as you've said, and my focus is all around launching personal brands as opposed to just building them. So helping people to really discover what's unique about their brand and their message and then and their story and bringing that to light online, obviously, you know, the whole world has moved online. That's been happening for years and then accelerated through COVID. And there's a lot of um, mis, you know, misinformation, misunderstanding, overwhelm and all of these things around building a personal brand. And, you know, I really believe in the power of it and work with people through coaching, consulting and teaching to build brands that feel authentic to them, not having to jump all over platforms they don't like or hustle like crazy, but just seeing personal branding as a way of, of somebody expanding their reach and, and showing what they're passionate about online brilliant and i think the the audience listening to this will be um typically working in the franchise sector they'll either be a franchisor so have founded and run the franchise business or or probably work within the franchise supporting the franchisees um, from our work in franchising i think personal branding is underutilized i don't see many people in the franchise sector building a strong personal brand yet i think within franchising it should be a really key activity. Um, to give you a bit of background, I think there's kind of three reasons why. So every franchise all wears two hats when it comes to marketing. They, they wear the hat of obviously uh, customer marketing, finding customers for themselves and the franchisees, but also franchise recruitment. So actually attracting and bringing people that are going to join the franchise network as a franchisee. So I think most franchisors probably personal branding fits into one of three areas. It, it's building awareness of the personal brand from a customer point of view, then the franchise recruitment point of view. But I also think as a leader within their franchise network, because obviously they are supporting and leading um, 
a network of franchisees where I think building that personal brand is really important as well. So I, I just think um, from your point of view of how personal branding's developed over the last kind of 10 years, let's say, where it's certainly become more important, how, how important is it now for, for business owners to build a personal brand? I think that it was, a, you know, a lot of um, personal branding, you know, up to kind of five years ago was definitely seen as a, almost like a nice to have. It wasn't a requirement. It wasn't something that people looked for. Whereas now you often, you know, people apply for a job or they'll look at something and they'll, you know, they'll put the, the, the person's name into LinkedIn and see if they can find anything out about them or they'll drop them on onto Google and um, drop their name in Google. And um, I think that the importance of it now is, it's becoming more of a, a, a key part of what I believe an overall marketing strategy should be for a business because brands are, you know, we lose trust in brands, right? We're constantly bombarded with news and all of this stuff of, of company brands doing things that are wrong. Um, and we don't necessarily create a relationship with a logo. Maybe some logos we do, big logos like Nike or Apple. But when it's a person, it's easier for us to to connect with, to 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 remember, to understand and to and to follow and and you know to get to build that relationship with and build that initial trust. And you know, if we use the example of um, you know a franchise's job is to part of their role is to recruit other franchisees. You know what their job is is basically to say buy this type of business, make my business your business, and that's an extremely you know emotive and a big decision to make. Even if you're not a massively you know emotional person, deciding that you're going to buy a business concept from somebody and and bring that out into the market um, is so important and you know it's such a big decision and I think if someone's got a personal brand that's able to share that passion and they're able to connect with that person in that way you know it's going to be a different kind of dynamic than just a label and a business model and that's the opportunity here it's about you know building the relationship bigger than just the transaction and as we all move online you know that's a requirement that you know we're seeing more and more and people are as i said they are starting to expect it that's why you're seeing some of the the bigger ceos you know some of the big corporate ceos or or um you know people all over the place investing in their brand both as a leader of a business or as an employee because the opportunities that can come from the fact that the internet really just gives us an opportunity to connect with loads and loads of people and to share what we want to share and there's no doubt that if you start doing that, opportunities start coming your way, because if you're not out there, people don't know anything about you. So I think it's both an incredible opportunity, but for a business leader themselves, becoming more and more of a requirement and actually a potential loss of opportunity if people can't see you online and can't connect with you and can't understand your story and your passions and, and why you do what you do. So um, I think it is becoming more and more integral. Yeah, no, I totally agree. You said there about... Um someone looking for a business, probably they invest in the person as much as they do the brand, if that makes sense. And I think for franchisors, that, that's massively the case when it comes to franchise recruitment. All, all of the research suggests that actually trust in the franchisor and the head office team is probably more important than the brand itself. Absolutely. And, you know, we're, we're moving to a space. I mean, over the last kind of couple of years since, you know, obviously we're nearly at our two year mark since COVID, you know, the barriers to entry in terms of starting a business now are so unbelievably low. It's crazy. And if you understand the Internet and social media, you know, you're seeing all these kids booming and all these various businesses going crazy because people are understanding the Internet. And I think, you know, you're going to you could potentially get to a point with franchise, you know, a franchise network where someone could say, well, I don't need that. I can, you know, I can do it on my own. I don't need to buy this. I don't need to spend X amount of money to buy a, a franchise. I could, you know, I could do this myself. And we both know and the franchise network will know that 
obviously that's not how it works. So, but you want to add as much different, you know, different ways of showing people that. And, and a huge part of that, you know, can show sharing the story of why somebody is so passionate about franchising and some of the success stories around that and all of that sort of stuff. It just gives that an additional, you know, a comfort, I guess, for people to think, yeah, that is actually still the right route for me because the competition is is fierce in every industry now and it will only continue to become more and more fierce and more and more disrupted because that's what the internet creates. Yeah, absolutely. And I think I think certainly within franchising, from what I see, there, there's a massive opportunity for franchisors. I, I don't see enough of them sharing their story um, and most of them have incredible stories as well. <laughs> so there's a massive kind of uh, massive opportunity to share that more. Let's assume that there is someone listening to this who haven't really ever concentrated on building their personal brand. What what are the best kind of first steps that they could to, could take? I think the first the first step is to is to decide if you want to commit to it. I know it sounds really silly, but this is not a activity that can be quickly done and ticked off and ignored. This is a commitment to, I am so passionate about what I do and I want to be seen as a leader in that space because I can then teach, inspire and support an audience. It needs to come of a place from a place of true passion as opposed to um, just a tick, tick list. I've worked with clients who are really passionate and I've worked with clients that have loads of money so they can outsource a lot of this. And the poorer clients with more passion are more successful with personal branding than the ones with loads and loads of cash, because it's got to come from a state of really caring about what you're saying online. Because we, it's very busy out there, right? If you, you, you want your stuff to stand out, wherever that might be, whether that's social media or on a podcast or um, on, a, on Google or whatever, you've got to stand out. So the first thing is making the decision of, actually, I really want to commit to this. And I'm really excited about it. After that, it really comes from, really I think going through your story and identifying the key moments that really helped to that really really show how you got to where you are and, and what those you know what those key moments were and really think about who is that audience that you would love to hear that story and can learn from your experience um so it might be that you know if we think about the franchisees as the target audience of the franchise oh you know you know, start to think about what are their pain points? What do they need? What could I teach them? What could, what do they need to hear? What do people need to hear that have never considered franchising as a business? What are some of the myths in franchising that I could bust and start thinking about who you want to talk to. And then I think it's just about getting started. Just write what you want to say. You can tweak with strategies and clever things later, but just start writing or or speaking, recording videos, audio is fine. Just start expressing some of that and seeing what comes up for you. Because the first few months of building a brand is a lot of self-discovery. If you're going to do it properly, you have to you have to dig deep. So starting there and just seeing what flows and then tweaking it as you go. There's no really secret source. Um, there's, you know, I, I recently did an interview with a load of really big LinkedIn influencers and I asked them for their top tips, you know, what they do. And it's extremely simple. They just, um, you know, they found a thing that they were passionate about. They found an audience that wanted to hear it. And then they talk about that thing consistently. That is actually the three steps of building a brand. But that consistent piece um, only really happens when you start with that passion, which is why I said that's really the best place to start. Yeah, absolutely. And that makes complete sense. I mean, as far as channels for starting the the kind of personal branding journey, um, it feels like in the kind of modern world, video is kind of crucial to to building a personal brand, or it's certainly one of the the kind of key key channels you could use. I'd imagine a big barrier for people getting started is just the the idea of being on video. I'm sure that must hold a lot of people back. Uh, is video 
really kind of vital in the whole process and if it what can people do to get more comfortable on video it's funny because video obviously boomed over the last couple of years because it, again because video became more accessible right our basically our phones you know apple and samsung and all these makes made our phones have good enough cameras that we could put videos out online that's when it meant mass market before it was people on youtube with their thousand pound sony cameras now it's phones now tiktok actually you look like a bit of a dick on tiktok if you've got a fancy phone a fancy camera do you know what i mean so i think the reason uh video boomed was because it was the latest thing but like anything it has its it has its moments and it has its downs. So I actually don't think you have to be on video to be successful. I would say most of my clients don't really do video. Um, you know, there's there's a few. I'm I'm not somebody who actually enjoys watching videos. I I like I take in information very very quickly. So a video of like twenty minutes that's hell to me. Whereas an article version that I can skim really quickly that's great. Or a short tweet that can just make me think in a different way. So. I really am of a, of a believer that you shouldn't build your brand around what's popular or what you should do. You should find a channel that feels right to you. So if video does sound like exciting and yeah, you might have some fears around it, but you want to push yourself out of it. Like my brother, for example, has always loved the thought of doing video. So he loves doing video, but he obviously went through those initial fears. Then that's great. Do video. But if you hate the thought of that, you know, I've seen people be very successful from launching podcasts or just writing you know posts posts we can we can you know posts and articles you can scroll them you can you know you can grab them when you scroll past I think there are massively because of all these other things that are out there TikTok and video and all this stuff I think we forget that actually some of the stuff the original stuff really really works and there are loads of successful brands just doing the old school stuff because people like it so it comes down to what you like and what your audience what your audience really want but you've got to find a method that works for you. I have tried to do methods after I've been on courses or watch videos and I've, and I've dreaded it and I've pushed it off my to-do list and I've gone, well, why am I doing it then? I've got to find something that works for me. And um, my current method that's, that's, you know, starting to really generate some good results for me is actually just exactly what I want to do. Um, so it's really about that self-discovery of, of what would you like to do? You guys like doing a podcast. So you do that. The thought of you recording a TikTok video, you might hate the thought of that. Whereas somebody else might be the other way around. So you know, try, you know, try it all out if you want to, but find the thing that you think, actually, I like to write at the end of the day, I've tried it all out. I have a podcast. I love to do that. And I do like recording videos. But if I think about when I'm in my biggest flow state, it's when I'm just like writing little chunks of stuff that I think. And so that's what I'm doing and and it's working. Yeah, no, and that, that makes total sense. I think I think you're right. The idea of filming a TikTok video is uh, pretty scary for myself, although I'm quite happy being on video. So that's something I've done a lot of um, over the years. And what I've learned from doing that, I think, is you really have to be prepared to invest the time and be patient with building a personal brand. H- how important is that in the, in the kind of early days? Because I remember when I started putting video content out, it probably for the first couple of months felt like I was just putting out content into the world, not really getting any engagement, not too many comments. And then gradually it started to happen. And then you'd go to events and people say, I'll watch your video. And you you don't always kind of realize the reach you're getting from the the content you're putting out. So how important is it for people to, I think you said at the start, actually just really commit, they're going to do it. What sort of timeframe do people need to 
to give it really? Because you don't always get that initial feedback when you're starting to build a personal brand. No, what normally happens is, is it's quite a predictable cycle, actually, is you will put out your first few pieces of content will normally do really well for two reasons. Um, well, three reasons. One, the energy that you have creating that content tends to be quite excited. So you, the energy around it is positive, which means it's going out in a positive way. The second reason is the algorithms reward you because they want you to stay on the platform. And the third reason is people are going, oh, what you've got to say? This, this is exciting. So they're interested. So you get a kind of two week boom at the beginning and then and then it starts to, you know, your ideas start to dwindle. You start getting other jobs on your to-do list. You know, you don't immediately get the results you might want. And then you go through this period from two weeks till about three months. And this is the period where that's where the, the, the grind starts in a way. Grind is probably the wrong word to use. I think that's negative. But that's where the the commitment really kicks in, which is the um, some posts. I mean, I, I do posts now, having done this for a few years, that get, like barely any interaction and and you if you search through really big influences and stuff like that you know they will have posts that flop you know no one's going to be successful all the time so it's about riding out that three months and then reflecting you know it's great to look at your analytics and go well that went well that didn't you know i blah blah, blah. and then adjusting and then it's just a case of repeating and it does take a couple of years again when I spoke to some of these, you know, LinkedIn experts and some of these other personal branding people, because I'm always wanting to learn from other people in my industry, um, most of them got no traction for the first year, 18 months. They just kept going because they knew they would eventually. And what's great about getting no interaction is you can test and you can learn without anybody watching, which is quite nice. It's like a dress rehearsal so that when people do start paying attention, you actually know what you're doing. So it's always got to come down to, and again, that's why I said start with that first question of are you going to commit to this? Because it, this is a this is a, a year this is a year's game. This isn't a week's game or a month's game. You can get results very quickly. I've had some mental things happen for certain clients who have um, put things out and had re- you know crazy things happen. But it's it's not something I would ever say is is a standard you know a standard thing to happen that's why you've got to fall in love with it. You've got to fall in love with your topic. You've got to fall in love with your audience. You know, you've got to really, you know, I, I care so much about the people that I want to support and I, and I feel their frustration and their irritation, you know, on sales calls or whatever. And I think I want to support you. So I'm so driven to share stuff that can support them and to solve problems that can support them. So it's got to be a commitment. It cannot be, um, you know, as I said, a quick job that you forget about because you've got to improve because, you know, 10 years ago, you could put up a crap golf blog and make money from it. Now, the standard, you know, there is essentially there are millions and millions of essentially producers and expert content creators all over the world. And they'll grab your attention. And um, so the only way to combat that is to be clear with your message and then, yeah, commit to it. And I think there's loads of ways you can do that. You can join accountability you know you can join groups i've got a mastermind group that i've just launched which is going to help people have that accountability and that support get yourself an accountability buddy um there's loads of ways to do it but there's no way there's no hack around it having been in this industry for most of my life but for three years only in this industry there is no way around it anybody who is doing well online they are doing spending time doing it and and they found a way to enjoy it and if you don't yeah, and I think it's really interesting because I think we probably can all think of people that we know have started on a journey of starting to release content and building a personal brand and have stopped. 
Um, so it's really interesting, that cycle you mentioned. I think probably thinking about it, when we've been involved in, in projects like it, or even from ourselves in releasing content, that makes a lot of sense. I think early on, your friends start commenting and sharing, and then it does dwindle off. But over time, um, you do see it coming back. And I think you only really realize the power of the personal brand when people you've never met make contact and feel like they know you. I don't know if that's something that you, you experience, but that... And, and, and that's a big part of it, right? So like you mentioned before, you went to an event and someone said, I've watched your video and you didn't know. You don't know who's watching your content. How much content do you like when you see it? Barely any, but you are constantly in people's faces, right? And they will remember you. I've had clients that have come to me. I've, ne- I've got an email from them, never seen their name in my life, never, never engaged with them. And they've said, I've been watching your content for a year and I really want to work with you. That's the ROI of personal branding. But seeing it in a way of, oh, there's got to be an instant return is like saying, um, be a nice person, but only so nice things happen to you. And if it, do- if it doesn't, if nice things don't happen to you within, within a week, stop being nice. It doesn't work like that. These things compound, right? You're a nice person and, you know, then you put good energy out and all of that stuff. So it, it's got to be, it's got to be treated in a, as a, as a new habit that you bring into your life, if it's going to be successful, because even in the time since I've been doing this, the quality of content now compared to two, even two years ago before COVID, I mean, it's unbelievable the stuff that people are able to produce because they're so passionate about what they're talking about. Yeah, no, absolutely. And just finally, I mean, this is quite an open question and um, I mean, it, it, it could go in any number of ways, I suppose, but it, it strikes me that over the next five to 10 years, the the internet's going to completely change again from what we've seen in the last 10 years. Um, terms like the metaverse and um, NFTs and all of these different kind of things are, are obviously going to become more prominent in our, in our daily lives. How do you think that could impact personal branding? It strikes me that we could come into a time when actually we've, um, we're all actually an NFT. <laughs> we have our own personal brand within the metaverse. Do you think that's something that's going to start to impact over the next couple of years or do you think it's more long term and and where do you see that going potentially um I think that this all all this stuff I think both excites me and makes me feel horrible because I think you know I think technology I've always loved technology I've always been um very into tech from a young age and my family are and um but my brother works in mental health and his niche his his focus is on, on the impact that technology is having on our on our minds. I mean, there's studies that literally show a direct correlation between depression and screen time. So I always talk on these topics with a slight um, bit of caution because I think that, yes, I think everything's going to change. But what I invite people to remind themselves of is close down your computer, leave your phone at home, walk out your front door and walk down the high street. The world isn't that different. Cars look a little bit different. Not really, right? Teslas, great. They kind of look like a posh Prius. All the shops pretty much look the same. And yeah, you can scan yourself on checkout, but like, it's not that different. So I think we have this panic tech be pushed through us, through the media. Your life doesn't actually have to change that much. My attitude to this is learn how to utilize these tools in your working time and then turn them off and go about your life live in the real world and then work in the crazy online world. If you want to, that's my approach, which I just want to preface before I go into this, um, because I think it's really important. Cause I think these tools, I think they were created to enable 
us to like technology you know there's so many things now that mean that we should be working less right because we've automated so many things there's so much more efficiency even something like calendly saves everyone over a year probably a week of time of back and forthing on the calendars but we're not using that extra week to rest we're using that extra week to work harder and i don't think that's good for us and that's why mental health is in such a state um But with these things like NFTs, like the metaverse, I see them as great tools. I see them as things we should all learn about and we should understand and we should utilize. But I don't think we should see them as things which should overwhelm or scare us because I think, you know, yes, um, you know, books, for example, aren't maybe people don't buy as many books as they once did. But I think this year, for example, there will be a rise in people buying actual books that they read because they've got tech tech fatigue so i think that there's all this great stuff and i think yes eventually and i think the creators will go first just like the creators were the first ones on the tiktok the younger people they'll nft themselves in the metaverse and they'll go on there and it will be nuts and all the you know the younger people and then the older people will follow because that's just the way that things work right people thought instagram was for kids and now even instagram is kind of like for your granny if you're not on tiktok do you know what i mean (laughs) So I think that this is just a trend that we've already seen and we will always see. It's not one to be scared of. Great opportunity. Some people will do really well from it. But I think that it will take quite a few years before it has a massive probably impact on what works now. Um, And the more that you can get your message honed in now and understand it, the more that you're going to be able to be successful in the metaverse and NFT yourself and all of these various crazy things that are coming. But I always think there is going to be space for the more normal stuff. That's why I say, don't worry about video. Don't worry about whatever. Just type something and post it. Um, or even write it and hold it up and take a picture of it. I saw like a post go viral the other day where someone was holding up the difference between marketing and branding, took a picture of it. We like old school stuff. Um, our brains work in that way. They've been trained our whole lives to work in that way. Maybe the the generations younger then are going to be more affected, I think, by this stuff. But I think the generations, I'm 29, I think maybe 25 and above. I think that we... I think we will also fight against some of this stuff because I think, you know, you see people desperate to go offline because everything's gone online. The growth in offline activities and, you know, uh, Thursday, the dating app, for example, I don't know if you've heard of it, but they a big part of their USP is that they run offline dating, you know, offline events for singles because people want offline. People want real. And I don't think that's ever going to change. I really don't because we are humans still. We're not robots yet. And humans need offline. They need real connection. They need hugs. They need laughter. They don't want screens all the time. So I don't think it's something to be feared. I think it's something to be understood and utilized, but not, um, I don't know, not not to overwhelm. Does that make any sense? Yeah, no, I think that's a really important message. Hannah, thank you so much for your time. I think there's so much people can take from this. Um, In terms of getting started with a personal brand, I think um, lots of brilliant ideas for franchisors as well, because I think it is a a niche within a niche to, to an extent. And I think um, it's something that I didn't see enough of in the franchise sector. Um, yeah, I never see anything. Now you mentioned, I was looking before this, I thought, God, there's so much opportunity in the franchiser space because there's there's no one really in there leading it. Well, no, franchising is a multi-billion pound sector in the UK. And um, in America, there are some kind of um, influencer type franchisors who have been on things like secret millionaire and have built quite a name for for themselves but in the uk i really struggle to think of anyone who um, has built any type of kind of following or or really could be called an influencer within franchising 
Maybe we should um, find them and you and I should go and pitch them. Yeah, I, I would love to because I really think the opportunity is massive and it, it, it's more than just an opportunity for themselves. I think it, franchising needs it as a sector. It, it needs to get the message out there about the benefits of franchising, the amazing stories within franchising. It, it literally changes every franchisee's life and there's tens of thousands of them in the country, but these stories don't, don't come out. So I think there's a huge opportunity. Absolutely. Every sector, every industry, everything needs a leader and people are looking for it. That's the thing. We're looking for these people so that, you know, the opportunity is there. It's just it's just utilizing it and, and grabbing it. Well, we're, we're going to have to find someone. So, Hannah, if, if someone's out there listening to this and they really want to get started with their personal branding journey, how can they uh, connect with you? The best way is probably just go to my website, hannahpower.com. There's resources on there. You can um, take a scorecard, which can help you to give, get some insight into how much you know about your brand before you launch it. Um, so probably, yeah, go to my website and take the scorecard and that will give you some instant insight and some things to think about. So that was Adam with Hannah Power. Thank you very much for doing that, Adam. That was no, great. it was great. It was yeah. brilliant. And I think there's so much value in there. That I, I mean, a couple of takeaways I got. I, I think the first one, probably something I've always agreed with, but I thought what Hannah said um, really struck a chord as well. And that's just really committing to it. I I think that is the big thing, isn't it? I think someone embarking on a journey of putting out more content and building their own personal brand, I think you've got to give it six months to a year until you may start seeing a return on investment for the time you put into it. Um, And we've seen that, like we, we put content out and I kind of mentioned it to Hannah that I started doing these weekly videos and for the first four or five months, you know, all I could see is that a few hundred people have maybe watched it and it got the odd like and the odd comment. And I was probably on the verge of thinking, you know, this is a lot of time um, for not much return. And then I remember going to a few franchise events and people come up to me saying they really like the videos or um, they there was a certain part of the video that they watched or they'd done this thing that I'd mentioned in the video. And all of a sudden you're thinking, wow, I, I, I didn't even know those people were watching the videos because they've never commented or liked. And you, so you never really know the reach that you get through putting out this content until you get to six months a year down the line. So I thought that was really like a key thing. Yeah, so Hannah herself mentioned that um, she someone had been t- like um, looking at her content for over a year and she didn't even know anything about them, who they were. They'd never commented or anything like that. And I thought that was really interesting because I've had similar as well where I've never even heard of a person and then suddenly they're ready to buy right there and then. Um, it's really interesting. Like if you put out the stuff, it is a six-month minimum commitment, I think. And then I think you've got to keep doing it ongoing just to keep it going. Even if you get busier, you've got to keep putting that stuff out um, just to sort of keep things ticking over nicely. It, it is just, you sort of, build up a personal brand without knowing you're already doing it because you think of ways that you can do it a little bit better. You can think of ways you can improve it. You think of how you want it to look and then you slowly build up and build up until you've sort of built a personal brand without really thinking about it. Um, but yeah, it is interesting. I've had a very similar journey in terms of video as well where you sort of start doing it and then you have to get over that hurdle of editing it and looking at yourself and listening to your voice <laughs> yeah. back. It's horrific. Uh, but you do get used to it. So I'll be editing this later. So it's totally fine now. I can do that. Um, but it is getting past that. Um, and then you've just got to, you've, like you said, some people, the people won't react to it initially. Um, and you've just got to keep doing it because I've, yeah, we've both had moments where we've been at a, a networking event and people have um, recognised us for our videos. And I think that's like, when you get that moment and it will come, it just, it's just a really cool moment, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it, it's re- I, I, I can think of 
quite a few occasions when there's someone that I've known or there's a particular business I'd like to work with that I've never spoke to anyone there. But when I have finally spoken to someone there, they already had watched some content I've been on yeah. and, <laughs> and it's weird. And I think video obviously works very nicely for this because people watch videos and they feel like they get to know you without yeah. ever meeting them. So uh, I think that's the power of kind of video within that kind of personal branding as well. Yeah, I've had it like when I've watching people on video and I've had people feel like they know me um, uh, when they've watched my videos and I've had people where I've made videos for people um, like there's someone I make videos for and he's been doing it for years and years and years and he's just been out, out at a restaurant with his wife and someone comes up to him and says, oh, excuse me, are you so-and-so? Really? Yeah. <laughs> and that's the thing, yeah, isn't it? It's you, really you cool. Just, you, yeah, so I think unless you really commit that time over a long period of time, you don't get to that point. If you, mm. if you literally start, do it for a few weeks, you don't get any what you would class as a return on investment and stop, you're never going to quite know yeah. that equity you're building up over time. So I think that's the key thing, the commitment over time. Um I kind of asked a question to Hannah almost in a selfish way about to build a personal brand, do you also need to communicate some of your personal life into the personal brand? Because we all see people doing this, don't we? And, yeah. um, I think some people do it really well. They, they bring in bits about their personal life and, and post about it and, and bring it into their overall kind of strategy. And it's not something I've ever done or particularly feel comfortable with. I don't know why. Like mm. I, I've got nothing to hide. <laughs> but um, it, I've always the content I put out has always been about what I know from a business point of view and try and offer value to people that are going to watch the content. And I've never bridged that kind of personal element. And um, I was really happy to hear Hannah say, actually, she has gone through the full kind of experience of, of talking more about her personal life. And now it's coming to a point where she really talks about um, business rather than personal. And that's yeah. fine. You can build a personal brand in that way. And I think that possibly puts a lot of people off. I think there's a lot of business leaders, business owners who probably hear the term personal brand like you should be out there more you should be doing more personal branding and they think it means that they need to post pictures of their family time or what they're having for dinner and all those kind of things <laughs> and the reality is it's not it they all have things of value that they could tell other people and i think that was the key message i got from that yeah like in terms of like sharing personal stuff like i've never done it and i for some reason i just maybe subconsciously thought that no one really would be interested in like what I've had for dinner or what I've done at the weekend. They probably it's, wouldn't, mate. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so it's not really relevant to what I'm talking about. So I've never really done it. But there, but there was context. And I think what Hannah said, there are things which the context yeah, is correct to share. So for example, I don't know, you you enter um, film competitions, yeah. don't you? Uh, in your personal life, like not necessarily a business thing. You, you create films. Yeah. And that's something you could bring in. To, I don't know if you do. Yeah, I mentioned it in a podcast recently. Okay, yeah. but that's something you could actually talk about a lot more because there is context. You enter films, you you do video production. It, yeah. th there's context to that. So I think I think that's that's the thing, isn't it? Yeah. You can talk about that stuff, but there has to be context on the overall message you're trying yeah, to get across. Yeah, like the the thing is because I see so many people where they're really reaching for the context and they sort of like, is that really relevant that you yeah. took your son out for a bike ride <laughs> or yeah, whatever? Yeah. Like, but yeah, I, so yeah, it's just, yeah, for me, there's like a line and I don't really cross it. Yeah. And I, I think, I think that's what puts a lot of people off. I think there's a few things. Um, it's one, there is a kind of leap of faith of putting yourself out there, whether you're creating video content, even if you're writing content, I think when you, when you hit that post button and whatever content you're putting out, 
it never kind of gets easy. You're always a bit like, I, I don't know what people are going to respond to this. Or it, it always feels like a bit of a leap of faith. And I think a lot of people don't get started because yeah. of that. And also, I think a lot of people don't feel like they can offer value. But I know within franchising, every franchisor can offer tons of value around people starting businesses, changing their life, the story of how they got there, all, all of those kind of things, which they could be doing all the time from a personal brand point of view. Mm. And one of the other things that Hannah said as well is about the kind of content you produce. So she mentioned she doesn't do any videos, but she, she writes a lot of stuff down. And it's kind of like the total opposite of what I do, because I wouldn't write anything. I don't really write blogs or anything like that, but I, I find it really easy just to create videos and put videos out there. And I do think that she's right in that you just got to do what you feel comfortable with. Don't f- force yourself to go and, like, for me, it would be writing a, a whole, like, long blog or writing loads of stuff down. Because I myself probably wouldn't read that. Um, and... Yeah, it's just, it's, I thought she was right in terms of that. Like, don't force yourself to sort of create content you're not comfortable with. Um, so, like, in terms of video, of course, it's uncomfortable when you start. But if you're sort of still feeling that after months and months and months and you're not <coughs> feeling comfortable with it, then maybe sort of consider something else. Well, it has to be something you can stick to as well. So, and she uh, said something that you absolutely love doing as well. Yeah. And for me, like, with video... When I'm um, outside of work, I, I like read stuff about, or read books about video. I watch YouTube videos about it. Um, this is why you don't bring your personal life. Yeah, it's because <laughs> it's just boring. <laughs> it's about cameras or whatever and stuff like that. Because yeah, I absolutely love doing it. Yeah, yeah. I, I think that's right. For me, um, the content I put out is typically video because I, I'm not a particularly great writer. Like mm. I find I can talk about what I know better than I can write it down. So that that's why I do it. I don't necessarily love doing it, but it's the quickest way to to create the con- kind of content I need. Yeah, I, I think it's a good way of building trust as well, where people can actually see you and hear you. And yeah. that's why they feel they, like you said earlier, you feel that they, they get to know you. And I think the quickest way of doing that is through video. Even though it does take a few months, people will watch your stuff and people will start to like get to know you like that. Yeah, absolutely. So I hope I hope franchisors have, have I think this has been a massively valuable episode. Mm. And I think the personal brand element of marketing i think we'll probably explore quite quite a lot over time in this show because i I think it's something which franchisors can all be better at and i would love to see off the back of this some franchisors um putting some effort into building their personal brand into getting their stories out there a little bit more because i do think it can collectively help franchising and i think if anyone is interested i would contact hannah and she mentioned there about creating franchising's first kind of influencers in the uk that would be awesome for franchising i think all of us in the sector would would appreciate people building that kind of profile because it can only help everyone yeah there's so many people that were popping into my head was like oh yeah they'd be good yeah absolutely yeah so thank you to hannah Uh, it was a brilliant episode mark thank you so much for um being here as well yeah (laughs) thank you for inviting me to my own room yeah that's fine (laughs) i think you should share some of your personal story actually while we're we're here but anyway thank you everybody um i hope you've enjoyed this episode remember you can catch up on all past episodes at coconut.marketing and you can listen to the podcast too that's on apple or spotify or something we should point out with the podcast as well so within this episode of the franchise marketing show the interview of hannah was only 15 minutes but on the podcast version it's going to be the entire conversation that she had with adam absolutely and i would really encourage people to listen to that because there was loads of great stuff in there so yeah cool. brilliant okay thank you for listening everyone and we'll see you soon